I don't know. It's like saying that your heart's more important than your brain. And I always think about what it would be like to be on top of that thing. It's like you can't be a trainer. Promises made, promises kept. So like a workout trainer? Uh, it's, you know, it's... I have no idea. Welcome back to episode six of the Bikita podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us last week. Last week, we talked about uh, the OSHA tips of the day uh, for that week. And then the first article we discussed was on the NanoWave air device that's helping nursing homes and dentist office protect their staff and patients from COVID-19. Uh, and the new technology basically involves intense UVC light that inactivates COVID particles and uh, sends the purified air back into the environment. Uh, then we discussed three out of the 10 largest OSHA fines for 2020. Uh, one of those companies was fined for $2 million for multiple offenses. And another fine involved the death of two workers after entering a permit confined space, uh, permit required confined space. And then the last one was for a candy company in Illinois where employees were severely injured due to unguarded machinery. So on this episode, we're gonna be talking about the recent events at the Capitol. And Damien will give us some tips on how to survive a riot. And then Brian will talk about some ergonomic tips for working at home. So as usual, we're going to go over the OSHA tips of the week. Yeah, these aren't OSHA COVID tips anymore. We got OSHA tricked us. Well, you get a vaccine, there's no more COVID. It takes care of anything. Everything returns. Yeah, so we figured out they stopped saying OSHA, the COVID tips of the day on December 8th. So we've been saying this for like a month and wondering why there was weird tips that had nothing to do with COVID in there when they're just normal tips. Anyways, so on uh, the 4th of January, first tip is allow breaks to warm up in cold environments. Or provide gloves. Warm gloves, you get those little hand warmers. To warm up breaks? I don't know what it means. Cold yeah, I mean, I, sounds like like allow your people to warm up in cold environments. I, oh, breaks for, no, for like cars. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, they need a they need to work on their verbiage a little bit because that's confusing. I thought it was talking about work breaks too, and I was like. You gonna do Zumba before work, or so a good way to warm up? Well, this I guess is a nice little driver safety tip. Um, I got nothing else. But no, it's it's a it's <laughs> they're not they're not like car brakes. They're not car brakes. It's Wait, like you what brakes? It's just called a br bra key. Taking a break. Taking a break, and you so make right. sure you Our let your, make sure you let your breaks happen in cold environments. That doesn't <laughs> break. Oh, like a bone break, like a like a bone break. What is that? Make sure your break allow your break to warm up in cold environments. Allow is that is that how it's spelled on the OSHA website? So so that's just saying you know it's like you know like mitigation like mitigating you know like 
uh, heat exhaustion, right? This is the opposite of that, right? So instead of, you know, taking. <laughs> All right. It's about car brakes. It is not about, <laughs> about car brakes. It's not about you car brakes. spelled it wrong. No, that's it. That's what the email says. I remember reading really? it. It sounded weird, but I was like, I guess that's it. But now that we're talking about that it. That is ridiculous. I vote on that. I vote that that's about car brakes. Oh and I know gosh, we'll never get I, the final answer. I think so too. But I just, I just opened one. the email and you're right. It is, they spelled brakes like that. B-R-E-A-K-S. Damien, I don't really know what you think it is. You said something about breaking something. In... Oh, so how I read that is you give an employee a break to come inside and warm up if he's working outside in the cold. But it doesn't make sense the way it's written. You would say allow employees to warm up on break during in cold environments. Something we, You give people a break to come inside and warm up. <laughs> Both are good ideas. Go to the next one. Go to the next Let one. Let our people warm up and. I didn't write it. I didn't write it. <laughs> that's like that's a, a magic ocean. That's one of, I, I think that the responsibility for writing the OSHA COVID tips rotates throughout the federal government, and Trump gets them sometimes, and it's like his midnight tweet. Yes. I'm trying to think of something. Tweet. Find another, so on the first, on the fifth of January, find an authorized trainer and avoid fraud. So, like a workout trainer. I mean, because this is after the new year, right? So you don't want to. I guess you don't want to get a trainer that's going to say, "I'm going to make you buff," and then have a you know still be 250 pounds. I mean, an authorized <laughs> trainer probably doesn't. It's got to be certified or like a, like a dog trainer, right? Like a cat trainer, cat trainer. You want to be able to walk to make sure that regardless of the training you're taking, that you find someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Good tip. Like about tip number one. But I don't know what that like authorized trainer, like what's authorized. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I have no idea. Say something funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm, trying to I'm, say, I'm, like, I'm assuming. Wow. I'm assuming you're gonna check their background, saying, check their credentials, awesome. experience, check their. No, all right. Well, so what I'm saying is like, yes, those, those things if you have the time for it. But like, you go off hire a consulting company. They're like, yeah, we'll give you DOT training or whatever um, it is. Like, well, yeah. So there was yeah. uh, a trainer in New England a couple of years ago who was giving. Uh, I believe it was like asbestos awareness training to like all these asbestos contractors, yet she was never certified to provide training. She was basically just signing certificates for people. She got nabbed. Yeah, yeah. So Good there's call. certain trainings that require you to be certified. Well, even to be example. a trainer in a consulting company, you have to go, well, in any company, you have to take a train the trainer course. Like you can't be a trainer unless you've been trained on training. Like the basic of training i've never taken that class really there's a professional certificate for training i think it's a good idea to do those but you don't have to do those um like you can be like a certified environmental trainer right yeah another great example Dave. thank you on january 6th 
the tip was look for overhead power lines and buried power line indicators. So hopefully you're not looking for them both at the same time because you won't find either of them, right? Like if you're looking for buried ones, you're gonna miss the overhead ones. And if you're looking for the overhead ones, you're gonna miss the buried ones. So one or the other. I can't say that I've seen a buried power line indicator. Yeah. Well, You've seen like big like signposts that say don't dig here, like power line below. Uh -uh. They're all I over see. the place out where uh -huh. I am. Power and gas and cable, like like fiber optic cable stuff, water. Oh, like they I always see. say call before you dig. Because huh. if you hit a line, you're gonna be that's gonna be problems. And with this one, it's saying if you hit a line, you're gonna get electrocuted. And people will get electrocuted. I, like digging is one way and the, most of the time like you hear like bad stories of people on lifts they don't realize they're so close to power lines and they hit something and they get electrocuted I, I remember reading a story about um this football coach was doing something on a lift and uh hit the hit a power line and started getting electrocuted while his wife tried to come over and touch the vehicle she got electrocuted oh my gosh like it's bad don't try to pull somebody off of a, when they're getting electrocuted. January 7th, before entering a trench, slope it, shore it, shield it. Bop it. <sighs> Have you ever seen some of the trench cave-ins like on YouTube? Those are yeah, it's, I, I saw one last week. A guy was like putting in, must have been a, like a six inch drainage pipe. And they were lowering the, the pipe down into this, this trench that was probably, I don't know, 20 feet deep. And uh, he was just standing there, got the pipe connected. And as soon as he got the pipe connected, one of the walls on the trench just gave way and, and fell over. It was like, the caption was, I'm only going to be there. I'm only going to be in there for just a second. And then, you know, that's all it takes. And when you get buried like that, like they don't just, they can't just pull you out. That's, that's scary to me. I don't understand why somebody would risk, take that type of risk. Yeah, I wouldn't get in a trench. Anything like I, you hear about, um, at like grain silos, sometimes the grain gets stuck on the inside. Like I remember reading a story about a farmer was with his son also, and they were like in their silo and somehow they got engulfed because they're, yeah. I think they're trying to like knock it off. And like, it just, it's a lot more than maybe you think and it all comes falling down on you. And then you're at the bottom of a grain silo. I remember that story. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's a lockout tag out confined space there's a lot of rules that go into making sure that stuff doesn't happen but of course i guess if you're doing something on your own on your own farm or wherever it is that you might not have those resources i don't know should know better if you have your own grain silo okay january 8th always tie off before climbing a cell tower tie tie off what <laughs> 
cell tower. Tie one on. Tie one on. I will always tie one on before climbing a cell tower. Is um, that what they were trying to say? Like yeah, breaks? Like, but it's another misspell. Only doing it during lightning storms. Um, yeah, those towers are tall, man. You ever? I like. We drive by a bunch of them out here, out here in the middle of nowhere, and I always think about what it would be like to be on top of that thing. No thanks. And then how scary it would feel. Yeah, I don't. Or people putting up the wind turbines right yeah. those things are um, enormous watch yeah i would there's no way in hell i would get up that high i had to climb a ladder this weekend and i had like four people out there holding the ladder because i am not too keen on heights i was 15 feet up maybe mm -mm. a lot of people get hurt really badly because of that type of stuff. I remember being at one client site um, and I was like, I was consulting. So I was walking through the loading dock and there were some contractors in there, like, like some kind of plumbing contractors and they were doing something in the ceiling. And they were literally just hanging from the, like, this is like 20 feet up. They're, like, they're pretty high up. Just like for fun, like one guy was on the ladder, the other guy was like literally hanging like a monkey from the from the, the bars, like with his hands holding him and just like swinging his legs around. Um, yeah, that's what, that's a good time to yell at them and scare them. No. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, the only time I can do I I don't mind heights. Like I've dropped in on. 10 foot bowls and I think it would be really cool to get up to like 13 feet like a vert vert ramp but I think that's it skating like or snowboarding skating which is probably worse like falling on <laughs> you can do you can you you get in like a half pipe on a skateboard yeah nice yeah that it's so scary. fun like every time it's scary but like you get an adrenaline rush it's awesome but that's like the only time I'll do heights. I think I broke my ribs getting into a half pipe on a snowboard once. No joke. I landed so hard. I couldn't breathe. It was, I mean, I'm sure that guy knocked the wind out of me, but that was literally what I'm thinking of. This instance was the last snowboarding run I ever took. Oh, wow. Sad note. That was like 20 years ago. Anyways, okay, so that's all the COVID or the OSHA tips for the week. Thank you. Nothing COVID related in this one, actually. Yeah, <coughs> moved on. COVID's not a thing anymore. All gone. It's over. You got a vaccine. World saved. Cacao. Mission accomplished, Trump. Good job. Did it. Operation Ludicrous Speed. <laughs> promises made, promises kept. We're about to talk about another one. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Donald Trump, you know, it's been all over the, the news and I'm sure everybody's seen the, the riots on the Senate down in DC. Uh, so what we're gonna do this week is, you know, discuss some of the images that are going around on the internet and some quick ways in which you can 
survive during a riot, some tips uh, for that. So how to survive a protest. So tip number one is keep to the edge of the crowd where it's safest. So you don't wanna be identified as a demonstrator as much as you are at the demonstration. Don't be identified as a demonstrator so that way you can make a quick escape. So don't carry a Trump flag. Don't wear a Viking helmet. Tip number one. Uh, and we got, you know, at the first opportunity, break away and seek refuge in a nearby building. Leave the fringe of the demonstration just to walk away so you can make a quick escape. And then in the event that you are arrested by the police or the military, do not resist. Go along peacefully. And if you get caught in the crowd, you wanna stay clear of glass storefronts. You don't wanna break any glass. Uh, stand your feet and move with the flow. And you always wanna keep a, a space for yourself uh, by grasping you know, your elbows to the side to create some room so you can move freely in the crowd. You know, If you get pushed to the ground, you wanna try to get next to a wall so you can quickly get away. Some really great tips. Uh, the last one is don't storm the Senate. Congress. Third in command is the, uh, the House Speaker. So um, you could argue the House is more important, I guess. I don't know. It's like saying that your heart's more important than your brain. The pillar of democracy. Or maybe the House would be the brain. And the okay. So, um, yeah, I, I went to Hong Kong last, um, well, a little more than, like a, a year and a few months ago. With my uh, with my MBA program and and uh, well, when we were there, we got all sorts of warnings because we have we're there on a school trip. We weren't there to, in Hong Kong to participate in any of those uh, pro democracy uh, protests, which were getting a little bit out of hand. Um, like that was the that was when you saw the the images of like the the um, anti or the the counter protests like attacking like people on their way home, like with bats and everything, like it got crazy. And so they were, you know, they were advising people to just not, if you care about your safety, you probably shouldn't go to the protest. I guess if you somehow end up caught up in one that like there you, those tips are, would be very good. Um, I mean, people get hurt. I mean, it doesn't even have to be like a physical thing. You know, there were a couple medical emergencies you know, the one that just happened where people passed, unfortunately. Yeah, it was sad. It didn't have to happen. It was, I don't know. I don't want to say things that are political, so I'm just not going to. But what we do have is a bunch of pictures to talk about, because if you do want to go to a riot and you're participating in one or a protest, there are a few things that you should probably do to be a little safer. There are some parallels. So... Who put the first picture up? Uh, I put the picture, well, you got a picture of the uh, people scaling the wall too. Um, but the first two, we have people climbing the walls um, and they don't have any fall protection. Of course not. Uh, nothing. Yeah, that wall, so- They're free just, climbing. 
from the looks of it, if you're just measuring bodies, like the heads start at the bottom. So that's probably like, let's say that's six feet. And then one, two, like three, three more, two and a half more people. So that's like, what is that? 20 foot wall. That's tall. Yeah. You need fall protection after four feet in a work, normal workplace, six feet if you're on scaffolding. Right. Um, and I just see people standing on top of the wall, of course, on the edge. Yeah, again, this is not something I would end up doing. True that. So then um, the next one after the wall pictures I put up and it was where you had all the protesters or um, rioters climbing over the, the gates up onto the wall. And so it, of course, made me think of ladders and ladder safety. Um, and Kendra earlier was asking, what's the term for when you use the wrong tool for, for the activity that you're doing? Because that happens a lot. People try to figure it out and go ahead with a tool that wasn't, that, that they didn't use for its intended purpose. So um, I'm not sure there's an actual term besides the way I just said it. But of course, you got ladders. Um, a ladder safety program, you would have ladders that would be inspected. Every time you used them, they'd have a tag to show that the inspection was done, they'd be certified. Um, in some cases, rails or a basket, depending on the type of ladder that you're, you're climbing. What type of ladder were you using over the weekend? Uh, it was... Was what it a, type of ladder? Like an A-frame? Or was it like an extension ladder? No, it was an extension ladder. It was... I don't know, 16 foot. Yeah, and you were freaked out. And that's right, the, the thing we looked at before that was like 20 something feet. Well, yeah, I mean, I got, I got on it and I got freaked out, right? right? So I didn't get up very far. When you get up to the top of like whatever ladder you're on, you're like, the first thing I do is make sure I have a good grip because just in case the ladder goes, I'm just gonna make sure I can hang there. So. Yeah, you go slow. I mean, so this is like an, it was like an extension ladder. So, you know, there's the, the mechanism to raise and lower, you know, to, to extend the ladder and, you know, there's safety locks on the ladder that prevent it from, you know, coming to, coming apart as you're on it. So I, I got up to the point, you know, where you could hit the safety and, you know, cause you can't really engage it when you have it extended because it's, you know, 10 foot up. Right. Yeah, I mean. And you had spotters, which is good. You need somebody securing the bottom of the ladder. Yep. Nice. Really safe. I think you did a great job. I'm here tonight. You are. Excellent. You are. The next picture I put, I put, so we have a group of protesters exercising their First Amendment right by screaming at the police in pro close proximity. Um, it doesn't look like they're inside the building yet, but they're maybe about to get in. And what struck me here was the lack of pandemic safety precautions that were, the lack of them. They're screaming at a cop right in his face. So I don't think if he has COVID that the cop is, is safe. Social distancing was not being followed. 
Yeah, you can't really see anybody with masks. I mean, if you extend your arms from side, you know, from tip to tip, that is approximately six feet, and they're definitely well. That's your that's essentially your height, right? So if you're six foot tall, then they're definitely well within that. Yeah, and no masks, no masks. Well, I mean, there's, you know, I see one two masks, and they're both on their chins. Yeah, I saw those two just now too. Yeah. So anyway, that was what I thought of. And you can see, at least on the cop front to the left, you can see that he's got his mask on. He or she has got their mask on. That's good. Even though they're about to get overrun by protesters, those, they're still wearing masks, which are meant to be protecting the people that are in front of them, the protesters. Yes. Speaking of uh, the police, they definitely had some good body gear so boom i don't know that this are you, are you looking at the next picture i am i'm not sure that's the body gear they had but i did see them with body gear that looked like that that stuff's hardcore man it is you want a six pack go grab one of those instant yeah. six pack I mean, you got a nice face shield, you got nice foot protection, knee protection, I mean, everything protection, but as yeah. far as the type of tools that we would usually use in a safety and like a, in a work environment, a helmet, those gloves and everything, that stuff's probably all puncture resistant, which is good. You can use a sharp, it's safer to use something sharp. So. Yeah. Definitely intimidating, I would say. I, w I, I could probably take him. It, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of this movie that I watched. That was, it was about, I forget, it was like a medieval movie. So it was, it was like knights fighting like the Germanic tribes or something. And like one, one army had all knights in armor. And oh, it was the Scots. And the Scots had like not enough their army was too small and they were at a disadvantage. So then their idea was to draw the knights into the mud where they were too heavy and slippery. And then they all jumped on with no armor and one. For some reason it. Uh, the next one we have is from, I don't know if it's the house or the Senate, but the, um, the senators or the Congress people have gas masks donned on and I found this rather interesting because apparently they have these gas masks under each of the seats and the police had told them to once once the the protesters rioters whatever you want to call them were starting to storm uh, the House and the Senate that they asked all the people inside to pull the mask from the bottom of the seats and don them because they were dispersing tear gas. Those are more than just masks. Those are uh, a version of a powered air purifying respirator. Yeah, I haven't seen something like that. I mean, they don't look very high tech, but they, yeah, they do have like a a power system on the on the front of them 
I mean, they're for emergency response. They, they look like they're stuffed in a bag and they just like rip them out and throw them on real quick. Sure, there's not. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. If if I was inside being told, you know, to, to put on a gas mask, I would think that, you know, it's it's not a good situation. I would be pretty scared. But it's a good thing that somebody had the forethought to say, you know, we should have these masks available for them because who knows what, what could happen. So many things about this event were surprising to me. Like, so surprised that they could even get to the Capitol building and, like, get in. I mean, you have the number two and number three politician in the country in the same building. Usually they don't put people together like that. Um, you had protesters, literally the last line of defense was, was, was protecting the House of Representatives. They killed somebody because they were trying to get through the door. And who knows, like, these people are being crazy. Who knows what they would have done if they had gotten through the door and, and overrun the th four cops that were standing there, what would have happened? They were bringing nooses and stuff in there. Well, I mean, it was pretty amazing that they were able to, like, evacuate everybody out of the building in such a, I mean, I, 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 it seems like such a short amount of time to get everybody out safely. You got to think it's, it's all the senators, all the congressmen, all their aides, the vice president, his entourage, getting him out of the building to, you know, I think they're in like a tunnel. At least some of them were. I mean, they should have that. You would, I would totally expect them to have that capability. I'm, I'm, I'm just surprised that, I'm surprised you can break, break those windows in. Um, I don't know. I think everybody is. We all thought our, our capital was more secure. We just got bum rushed by a huge protest. And like, just walk, they all kind of just walked right in. The cops couldn't stop them because the cops weren't ready. There wasn't enough. They but they had a plan. I mean, they did have a plan. Right. And a cop lost his life. A violent, violently. Sad. Anyways, we did draw some good parallels there. There's, you know, lots of safety things that come into play when you have huge groups of people like this. So, yeah. yeah. So the next article is about some easy tips to follow for ergonomics while working from home. And and now you got I, the way the article explained it. There's about a third of the workforce, if you're fortunate enough to still have a job, unlike me, a third of the workforce is working from home. Like Kendra, for example. And so, of course, you got people working from home and work in a work environment that, you know, isn't as conducive to sitting all day long as like your nice desk at work with your nice chair. Maybe you have a nice ergonomic mouse and a keyboard and everything. And maybe you had a great ergonomic assessment to help fit you to your desk and to help train you on how to use all the devices you have, like your chair. So many times I've done an ergonomic assessment for someone at work and they had no idea how to use their chair. They had no idea how to use any of their, if they had any ergonomic device or any device to make their ergonomic situation healthier, they, 
they did not know how to use it. Anyways, um, so what they found is uh, two in five people are have reported an increase in pain uh, in their wrists, shoulders, or back, likely due to the way that they're sitting and working. Like Damien looks like he's got great posture right now, but he would be a good example for how to sit all day long if you're working from home. Um, and so the tips that they had for better ergonomics, uh, this is what, if you're sitting at a desk. So that is one way to work from home. I would argue it might be the, it's one of the lesser healthy ways is to sit all day long at your desk at home. But center your monitor and keyboard in front of you. Try to eliminate any glare on the screen in order to minimize your eye strain. Make sure there's enough light in the room. Put your documents in line with your keyboard and monitor. It's, uh, having a document holder is, is a nice thing. I've had one that was uh, very comfortable and like held my documents up in front of me before, like right above my keyboard. Your arms and elbows should be close to your body and supported, meaning you shouldn't Want to, like you shouldn't be leaning forward on your arms and elbows. I've had I've had people lose fit uh, feeling in their hands because they were the way that they were leaning on their elbows for so long. Um, and yeah, like you, in your kitchen, <laughs> working with your computer in your kitchen, leaning um, over the counter. Yeah, I mean, to who? I really only lean over if I have to write something. Other than that, like I'm, if you're if you have a computer, you should be having good posture, right? I I I love I, to take a picture of my ergonomic setup right now. It's a stool <laughs> and an IKEA children's table, right? So not built for my body because it's about <laughs> a foot and a half high. In a tiny chair. I wish I could show you this chair. Like I can put one question on it. <laughs> um, change your posture often. Get up, take frequent breaks, short, take frequent short breaks every 30 minutes or so. Yeah. Don't I sit do all day long. It's, it's unhealthy to sit all day long. Your muscles will get too tight. You need to exercise your eyes by, by, by stopping, stop staring at your your computer screen or a book that's right in front of you. A, a good way that I found to force myself up from my desk is to um, go get a drink of water like every yes. 30 minutes. So, so yes. and staying hydrated is another important part of healthy ergonomics. So staying hydrated. Um, yeah, I mean, not only is it good for your body to, to get up and move, but it, it helps you. I think it helps you keep focused too. Right, because you can step away for a second and then, you know, get back to what you're doing with a renewed focus. More energy. More energy. I'm so tired just staring at my computer screen, especially after lunch. Oh man, I need to go for a walk after lunch. Work in a reclined position with your feet flat on the floor, sitting on a higher stool with your feet dangling, put strain on your hips and lower back. Yeah, your feet should be flat on the floor. A con like a way that I've described how people should be sitting just as a general easy way for them to hopefully understand it is that you should have mostly a bunch of 90 degree angles. You should have 90 degrees feet to lower leg, 90 degrees lower leg to upper leg, 90 degrees legs to hips. Um, 
your elbows should be, you don't want them too strained up or down. Like you would like them in like nice comfortable position. Ideally, that means your hands would be tilted a little. So that's why they make some of those curved keyboards, but not everybody likes that. Um, so yeah, I'm a little shorter. So I actually, we did an ergonomic assessment. Well, my company did, they sent out an electronic one. Uh, we filled out the survey and then, um, I don't know if it was EHS. We don't really have an EHS at my company, but like the maintenance guy and risk management people, they looked at the surveys and then did what they could to get people in the best ergonomic, least safe situation. And uh, I needed a footstool because I'm, I'm short. Everything else about my workstation is great. It's just my feet paying for my chair. Yeah, getting into alignment doesn't have to be expensive. Like when you're at work, you buy like nice footstools and like a computer, like something to elevate your computer or your monitor, like a nice fancy mouse or keyboard, but you don't have to have all that stuff. If you need to elevate your feet using boxes or like a trash can on its side is something that people have done. Um, elevating your computer, like I have two textbooks underneath my computer right now. Um, I know that that's something that people will say, you know, they, they want they might not have the tools to, to modify their workstations, but I can, and the place I do most of my work is standing in my kitchen at the, at the, like the bar section, just because it's, I like, so at my work, I've always wanted a standing desk too. Before that I had work standing workstations and I loved them and I stood all the time. Yeah. The standing workstations are nice. Like I had like a tiered desk. He had a section where you could sit down and work. And then there was like a, another section to the side that you could stand up and put your computer on. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of like nice chairs, like those like, um, kneeling chairs. They have like the, the balls, like the, ch the ball chairs, you know, that are good for, you know, helping with your posture. That's when you're sitting like on a normal desk, it puts a it puts a lot of strain on your lower back. Like people are uncomfortable in their chair, and that's because it's not a, a normal way to be all the time. And you get a lot you can get a lot of lower back pain. So one of some of the chairs I've gotten to help people with like actual lower back problems that couldn't sit in normal chairs was this one type of chair where you kind of leaned it, like you put your knees forward onto like a pad and like you kind of leaned on a seat and you just, that way you didn't lean backwards. You kind of leaned forward and and your knees were then supported. Although then they complained about their knees. Um, I think what's important to remember is, like we said in one of the previous tips, is um, just keep moving. Like don't stay in the same position all the time. Proper posture, like what Kendra was saying, you're gonna sit sit upright, and some people are better at it than others. I feel like women are better at it than men. Um, I feel like piano. I slouch. Like I don't. Piano helped me. I slouch. But, uh, but if you sit with your, if you sit with perfect posture all the time, you're going to, your back's going to get tired. Um, got to move around. Anyways, just a few tips on how to stay safe, uh, how to, how to improve your ergonomic situation while working from home. It doesn't have to be an expensive venture. Um, but if you are in fact working from home, then you, you might have resources available to you through your human resources department, environmental health and safety department facilities department, there's probably somebody that can help you get something you need if you're in real pain.
All right, so that wraps it up for this week. Uh, trying to get back. <laughs> and that wraps it up and... for the yes. uh, as as we always close out, you know, join uh go to our website, join the mailing list, uh take a look at uh our video podcasts. You can find our audio podcast on Spotify and Anchor. And you know, if you have any suggestions on you know what you'd like to see in a future episode. Uh, please, you know, email us. We'll, we'll be happy to take a look at that and try to include that as best we can. And tune in next time. And subscribe. Woo! Bye-bye. I just thought of the Teletubbies, how they <laughs> say bye at the end of their shows. Bye-bye, Tinky Winky. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Dipsy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Lala. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Poe. Bye-bye.